0: but it doesn't have to be complicated. When you know yourself, you are empowered. When you accept yourself, you are invincible. Quote by Tina Lifford. In today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down one of the most important yet commonly overlooked mindset concepts that affect our health and our weight loss journey. And that is self-awareness. Most of the time you'll hear, if you want to lose weight, all you got to do is eat less and exercise more, right? Calories in, calories out. As you've heard me say here before, that's not quite accurate. There are a lot of things at play when it comes to our weight, including nutrition, physical activity, hormones, lifestyle. And there's also Mindset. In fact, controlling your mindset needs to come first because that's what has a domino effect on everything else that you do. If you remember episode nine, which was the secret to weight loss, it's not calories in calories out. It's not exercising for one hour a day. It's not willpower. It's not motivation. It's self-discipline and self-control. It all starts and stops with your mind. So let's talk about self-awareness. Self-awareness is all about how we relate to ourselves and how we observe ourselves. It's the ability to see yourself clearly and objectively through reflection and introspection. It's important to note that there are levels to self-awareness, okay? It actually isn't a binary thing where you have it or you don't even though we probably all know a person or two who completely lacks self-awareness. It does exist on a spectrum. There is a self-awareness theory that was developed by two psychologists in the 70s, Shelley Duvall and Robert Wicklund. And the theory is based on the idea that you are not your thoughts. Instead, you are the entity observing your thoughts. So you're just the thinker who is separate and apart from your actual thoughts. The theory is that we have the ability to go about our day without really thinking about our inner self. We're just thinking and feeling and acting subconsciously. However, we also have the ability to focus our attention on that inner self. And this is what they call self-evaluation, also known as self-observation. Self-awareness plays a critical role in how we understand ourselves, how we relate to other people, how we relate to the world, and it also allows you to evaluate yourself in relation to others. Self-evaluation requires us to consider whether we are thinking, feeling, and acting in alignment with our values. This is how we determine whether or not our thoughts and behaviors are serving us or if they aren't. And if we're making the right choices in order to achieve our goals, think of it this way. You can't change something until you accept it, but you can't even accept it if you don't know what it is, right? But if you're resisting something or judging it or blaming or shaming, you won't be able to accept it. While it seems like common sense, it's actually a little bit more complex when we want to put it into practice. Here's why. I look at self-awareness as a mindful practice of observing ourselves, of being completely honest with ourselves and being aware of the impact that our actions have on ourselves and others. When you're self-aware, you know how to realistically evaluate yourself and the situation that you're in so that you can make the best choices in set decision. This is how you stay consistent on your weight loss journey because self-awareness leads to better decision making. This is how you catch yourself before the negative self-talk and self-sabotage kicks in and throws you off. So in order to cultivate your self-awareness, it's important that you approach it with a sense of purpose because when we start to look within, it can be really easy to fall into a trap of blame, shame, criticism, judgment, and scrutiny. I call that the shadow side of self awareness. I found that this is actually one of the main roadblocks to personal development. Part of my personal healing journey has been addressing that I can be brutally judgmental, especially with myself, and it can hide under the guise of being, quote, self aware, when really it's the nitpicky, judgy, insecure, mean girl voice that's inside my head, pretending to be my heightened self-awareness. And we all have that inner bully that lurks inside of us. And the truth is, sometimes looking in the mirror is uncomfortable, literally and figuratively, because you aren't always going to like what you see in the reflection. So you want to approach this from a kind and gentle, purposeful place. The way to do this is to start observing yourself for the purpose of accepting respecting, loving, and trusting yourself. This is why I teach self-love in tandem with weight loss. It's a hundred times easier to reach your goals when you do so lovingly, versus white knuckling and berating yourself the whole time. So you want to get to a place of inner knowing with objectivity. Being objective with yourself requires your self-observation to be curious, kind, And gentle. Think about this. How do you normally talk to yourself? How do you talk to yourself when you make a mistake? Self awareness helps us distinguish who we think we are with who we really are. Being self aware helps you become more honest with yourself. And remember, we are not our thoughts. We are not our feelings. We are not our emotions. So it's really important to separate from that. So how do we become more self-aware? The answer is mindfulness and neutral self-observation. So how do we become more mindful? The first step is to start paying attention to yourself. But again, be very careful Mindful of approaching this from a neutral place. That is the key, neutral. This is really important because if you're not looking at yourself from a neutral lens, you're not going to be honest with yourself. You're either going to skew far into the negative self talk, self criticism, self judgment, self consciousness, or you'll skew far into the idea of toxic positivity, which is just as detrimental and useless. So be neutral and ask yourself, what am I thinking? How am I feeling? How am I showing up? Self-observation means being observant of your thoughts and feelings. So you'll want to ask yourself these three overarching questions. So you can either pause this and grab a journal or screenshot the timestamp on your screen and come back to it when you have some time to really sit down and think about things. The first question that you're going to want to ask yourself is, is this my thinking or is this my inner critic, my inner bully or someone else's thinking, a parent, a partner, someone that said something to you that you've never been able to get out of your head? Is it their voice or is it your voice? Because sometimes the inner voice in our head isn't all the way ours. It's a voice that's been influenced and conditioned by our experiences, our environment, and our deep core wounds. The second question is, why am I thinking this way? Or you can also ask, why do I feel this way? This approach helps you to separate yourself from your thoughts and your feelings. So imagine looking into a big crystal ball. I'm picturing the crystal ball in The Wizard of Oz because I think I watched that movie like 300 times when I was a kid. Look at yourself from that angle. You're inside the crystal ball and observe yourself from a place of curiosity, not judgment. So instead of judging whatever you may be doing or thinking or feeling, try saying something like, hmm, it's interesting that I'm reacting this way. And then you want to ask yourself, now what? Now what should I do? What thoughts, what feelings, what actions are better aligned with my own core values, with my why? And see, we always come back to your why because that is your anchor when you start to go off course. When you get tempted to eat something that you know you shouldn't because it's not going to make you feel good or because you're not actually hungry, you're just bored or upset, when you're tempted to skip today's workout. This brings awareness to your thoughts, feelings, and actions so that you can make better choices that align with your goals. The third overarching question that you want to ask yourself is, am I responding or am I reacting? This is a powerful one. The difference between responding and reacting is time. When you react, you're being impulsive. You're not pausing and assessing. You're triggered and your fight or flight mode is activated and you just go. Fuck the consequences. The self-aware, emotionally mature, mindful, grounded version of you takes a beat, takes a pause, and then responds. The emotionally immature, egocentric, unhealed, wounded inner child is triggered and reacts. So once you've assessed and answered these questions, then you pivot or you choose differently. You choose a better thought, a better feeling, a better action. That is self-awareness in practice. And remember, it's a practice. It's not a destination. It will take work. It will evolve with you because it's a part of you. But it's important to understand the how and the why when it comes to processing things that trigger you. That's self-awareness in a nutshell. The other part of self-awareness that's important to understand is self-knowledge. The more aware of yourself, your thoughts, your emotions, triggers, the more you start to truly know yourself. I know it sounds silly, like, of course I know myself. I'm with myself all day long. But do you really know who you are? Do you really understand your capabilities, your character, your feelings, and your motivations? I have found that people who identify as chameleons, shapeshifters, people pleasers, really struggle with this piece. I'm not a people pleaser, but I am a shapeshifter. I'm pretty sure it started years ago when I was trained as an actor because I was taught to lose myself, literally forget about myself and go all into whatever character I was portraying. I think also because I battled with depression, it was also a survival tactic for me. I mean, pretending to be someone else sometimes was easier than actually being myself. But the result of that was it affected my ability to find my voice especially when I started my business and also looking back, it's always showed up in my relationships too. So while it sounds like everyone should innately know who they are, depending on your background, depending on your conditioning, your environment, may not always be that simple. In its most basic form, the more you know about yourself, the better you can master yourself. It's so important to know who you are, how you're built, what your personality is, and how to make this work for you rather than against you. That way, you stop wasting your time and torturing yourself trying to be something that you're not or trying to do things that just aren't meant for you. So ask yourself, who am I? What am I good at? What am I not good at? What comes naturally to me? What are my core values? What are my personality traits? What do I like? What don't I like? What excites me? What doesn't excite me? You can also get a lot of insight on yourself by looking at things like personality tests, your astrological chart, your human design type, your love languages. These are all tools that you can put into your toolkit. For example, I know that my Myers-Briggs type is INFJ. I am a high D on the disc assessment. I'm a triple Leo (laughs) and my human design is a generator. Knowing these things about my personality have really helped me to understand myself better. There's a free website, I think it's called 16 personalities that you can check out if you don't know what your personality types are. And it's not to say that these assessments are the end-all be-all or that you have to resonate 100% with everything or it doesn't apply to you. It's just helpful in understanding things about yourself that you may not notice or be aware of. And it can give you perspective and help you to learn ways to navigate through situations by bringing these things into your awareness. So, you know, if you take an assessment and it doesn't resonate, that's okay. Again, these are just tools. Sometimes you use them, sometimes you don't. The thing is, we're constantly learning new things about ourselves. It's just whether or not we do something with that knowledge. That's what makes the difference. Self-knowledge helps you to see different parts of yourself compared to your whole self. Because the reality is, we're made of so many different parts. And some of them are in contrast to the others. We're living and breathing paradoxes, and that's what makes us all so complex. So knowing yourself, knowing your triggers, and this is especially important if you're an emotional eater, understanding and knowing your triggers. This is all really powerful because when you know better, you do better. And this also helps you to accept the reality that certain things just aren't for you. Certain foods, certain forms of exercises, certain ways of thinking, certain people. But it starts with you knowing yourself intimately and cultivating your self-awareness. The power lies with you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in this week and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. At the end of the day, I want you to feel empowered to know that you can have the health, the body, and the life that you desire. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tag me on Instagram while listening at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you along your journey. I'll talk to you next week.